Welcome to Federal Insights, securing containerized applications, sponsored by Rancher Government Solutions. Here's today's moderator, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Tom Hans, Director of Container Security at Rancher Government Solutions. Tom, good to have you with us. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. And let's get right into it. Containers, uh, Kubernetes, are these becoming more popular in the public sector? And if so, yeah, why? Do you, why? Yeah, great question. Um, yeah, they absolutely are. You know, actually, use of containers and specifically Kubernetes is kind of exploding in the marketplace as uh, it's recognized as a just a much more effective method uh, for DevOps teams to produce applications. They're more agile. Um, they can deliver on time and with a higher quality product using microservice-based uh, containers than they could in, let's say, a hardware or VM environment of the past. All right. So there's a lot mitigating in favor of them, but then the issue of containers and Kubernetes security presents a fresh challenge for agencies, correct? Yes, it does. I, uh, one of the things you lose when you move to microservices or Kubernetes is the visibility and control of uh, net network layers, uh, essentially um, any visibility or uh, capability to secure the network is obfuscated or hidden um, to give you the benefit of not having to pay attention to it, um, to be able to focus on producing better applications. And that is uh, kind of the bane of uh, SecOps teams that are in charge of securing uh, DevOps teams work within Kubernetes and containers. So if you have these types of applications deployed, and this is a very mobile type of or agile type of work, I mean, these containers move around and they get redeployed and remixed through APIs, if I'm correct about all of this, what are the security challenges? And is container security something really operating for the government at this point, do you think? Oh, yeah. Uh, for last... Um, Four or five years, we've had DevOps uh, moving to containers, uh, DevOps teams moving to containers, and they've used, um, you know, legacy kind of traditional methods to secure them. Over the last few years, I've seen um, DevOps teams move to containers, and, you know, they're seeing the benefits of the agility and kind of the ephemeral nature of uh, containers and uh, the management that Kubernetes adds in um, to uh, scale and uh, delivery. But the uh, the big issue is that that loss of network visibility means that they really have no idea what application protocols, what packet content is flowing across their cluster. And if you have security in your title, that is a big issue. You can't send data across a network of any type and know the content and consider yourself secure. Yeah. So, well, let me ask you this. When developing applications and then containerizing it, is there something that you do at that stage so that the containers are inherently secure, or is it necessary to be able to somehow scan the internals of containers as they go by? Yeah, you really need... Uh, real-time pr protection. Um, and there's a difference between security and layers of security, kind of the, the old defense in-depth approach and 
um, actual protection. One is kind of the ecosystem uh, where you're doing build scanning and image scanning and uh, runtime scanning. All those are great preparation for production, but they don't actually have the ability to protect your containers because they don't sit in line with live traffic in between container pairs and uh, govern what is allowed to cross that demarcation point uh, from a zero trust perspective. That's what New Vector um, by Rancher Government Solutions does. Yeah, tell us more about what New Vector is and how it operates. Sure. Uh, well, you know, at a, at a high level, to describe New Vector, we're a container behavioral zero trust enforcement platform. That means that we not only hold the position between each container pair, but we have the visibility into the application and packet levels to make accurate decisions on what gets to pass that demarcation point in live traffic. We're not dependent on an image or something out of band or, or a scam that was done a couple of days ago. This is a live defensive platform, and that's really our, our differentiation. We can stop malicious code execution um, in line before it can damage a container, a pod, an application, or the system kernel. And, and that's unique in the industry. What is the mechanism by which, say, a hacker or some malicious software code that has been placed in a network somehow, could be by phishing, I suppose, or by any means, how does it get to the containers and possibly contaminate them or somehow come between the API between two containers and therefore disrupt a process or cause some problem? Yeah, that's a, that's a very well put question. I would say, um, you know, it could come in via multiple vectors, um, hence the name new vector, by the way. S simply, um, uh, you have uh, uh, developers bringing in images, uh, downloading images to work with. They can be contaminated. You have social networking uh, mechanisms that'll get um, um, you know malicious content pulled into a DevOps environment. Um, so it's always important to you know scan those and see if you can locate them. But I want to draw a clean line of delineation between, you know, uh, scanning and actual protection. Scanning is kind of the placebo for security in the container world. And it's something that the agencies really need to look at. Some agencies are starting to recognize that, hey, we scanned for signatures 20 years ago um, and we patched them and it really didn't work. And it doesn't work in the containerized world. You need real-time gated segmentation between container pairs um, and scanners, especially layer three scanners that have been offered and have been kind of the standard for DevOps communities over the last five years are just no longer effective at stopping new uh, dangerous content from our very uh, capable adversaries. So it sounds as if scanning is almost looking at the problem, whereas real protection is preventing a problem before it, it executes. Yes. Um, you buy a scanner to scan your infrastructure. And for something that's likely already bypassed your perimeter security. And as a security professional, um, that I have a you know difficulty with that model. I want to prevent things from happening, not just detect them and patch them if a patch is available. Uh, 
So you need really to look for and apply new technology that can stop an attack attempt on a CVE, as an example, whether it's patched or not. Um, stop something that's never been seen before, a zero day by very description. Um, and this is only capable if you understand the actual packet content and application layer content running across your cluster. And does new vector have any effect on the performance of an application? Because it sounds like it gets pretty deep in there in between each container pair. Yeah, no, actually, uh, we run wire speed and are extremely fast in performance simply because we're architected as a container ourselves. There is nothing more Kubernetes native than new vector. Uh, simply you deploy us using a Helm chart or YAML file modification in 15 minutes and deploy us as a container uh, using kubectl uh, as you would as any Kubernetes orchestra uh, manager or administrator. And where does it live? Is it a cloud-based application? Is it something that you, how does it work? You know, in No, this is an air gap platform. It is a hybrid platform. It means that there's no phone home. There's no connection to the cloud, reliance on the cloud or an internet connection ever. Uh, it is under the agency's complete control. Um, and it is a hybrid platform in that it will protect um, raw Kubernetes. It will protect uh, Rancher, of course. Uh, OpenShift, Tanzu, we don't really care what orchestrator you're using. We're here to make sure that you cannot be attacked. Um, and the same thing with the other end of the spectrum. Um, we'll integrate with any CI/CD tool um, and uh, uh, with any cloud format. We don't care whether you're running AKS or EKS or IKS. We support those as well. But we're always deployed in an air gap fashion. And that's important to a lot of the agencies. Yeah, that was my question because agencies and you know large organizations may have instances of applications containerized running more than one time in various clouds. You might have several instances operating depending on your capacity needs or your your uh, your need to delay to avoid delay for geographical purposes, whatever the case might be. And this can keep up with all of that cloud activity as well as what might be happening in your own data center. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, uh, via both New Vector, we offer, um, you know, multi-cluster security. And via uh, Rancher Government Solutions, we offer uh, DISA-STIG approved um, uh, cluster securities. So we have that covered uh, in a multi-cluster hybrid environment. So this will run well in higher level security types of environments, such as you might encounter in at least some parts of DOD. Oh, absolutely. Um, New Vector built and patented deep packet inspection or DPI for containers. And that means that we can not only see the application protocol uh, and the packet content uh, in the header, but we can also see payload. And so we're able to allow our customers to model security around those payload, that payload delivery, the actual content. Uh, so it's contextual security for containers not available uh, to products that run at layer three or that are just a scanner. We also incorporate all the scanning functions that you might need. So uh, you don't have to kind of design out of the box. Um, you can protect your builds from inception all the way through to production with the new vector platform. 
All right. So some great developments, some great insights you've given us. We're going to take a short break on that note. My guest today is Tom Hans. He's Director of Container Security at Rancher Government Solutions. I'm Tom Temin. You're listening to Federal Insights, securing containerized applications sponsored by Rancher Government Solutions here on Federal News Network. When security, speed and scale are essential to your mission success, you need a partner who can deliver open source and cloud native software solutions designed to address the unique security and operational needs of the U.S. government and military. Whether it's in the cloud, on-prem or at the edge, Rancher Government Solutions offers the leading software stack for teams adopting containers, addressing the challenges of managing multiple Kubernetes clusters at scale while providing DevOps teams with integrated tools for running containerized workloads. Learn more at ranchergovernment.com. Welcome back to Federal Insights, securing containerized applications sponsored by Rancher Government Solutions here on Federal News Network. My guest today is Tom Hans, the Director of Container Security at Rancher Government Solutions, and I'm Tom Temin. And before the break, we were talking about this whole idea of inspection, scanning, and so forth. If you would just give us an explanation of the differences between scanning which is something old and well understood, maybe, and deep packet inspection and why you do those things. Uh, scanning, yeah, it's been around for ages, um, probably 25 years. We used to scan for signatures, which were malicious patterns that we found in the wild. They had to be discovered, uh, an actual solution or a patch had to be written. Then you had to find that signature in your infrastructure. Um, meaning that you'd already been breached to an extent by that specific um, vulnerability. And of course, now we call signatures CVEs. So in the modern day world, we're scanning for known attacks that have already been identified in the wild. And then we are applying a patch if a patch is available and that are not always available. In fact, we have a tool set in the new vector platform that will identify every patch or every CVE rather that does not have a patch available for it. So you can take mitigation or countermeasure action to protect it regardless of whether it has a patch or not. A side benefit then of using that product is that you can help keep your patching up to date if nothing else. Oh, absolutely. And that's why we include scanning, both, you know, build scanning, uh, image and registry scanning, even runtime scanning as part of the new vector solution. However, that, that again is post-event scanning. You're scanning after the data has already gone past a specific demarcation point. In order to prevent data from going past a specific demarcation point without permission, you need deep packet inspection. Deep packet inspection is analyzing the packet content at, at the packet layer, at layer seven. It is interrogating the packet content to make sure there's nothing dangerous in there. It is looking at both the packet header and the payload to assure our customers that what is transferring between a container or pod pair is allowed. And if it is not allowed, to block it before it can poison its target, whether that's a container, a system kernel, or a containerized application. 
And is it necessary to have tables or some kind of reference points for what it is that is not allowed to execute or transfer into a container? How does the agency maintain that? It's all automatically defined by behavioral detection that the platform does upon installation. And what we do is use deep packet inspection to define the permitted application protocols, over 35 of those that run in a container or cloud native environment. We use the deep packet inspection to define the network connections that are allowed, the processes, the file system access that's allowed, and we combine those multi-vector rules accurately to lock down the network against a zero trust policy, which cannot be broken. We also own what, it's, what is called the attack kill chain, which means that if an attacker were to find and expose vulnerability or uh, use a new method that couldn't be found with scanning or pattern matching um, to attack you, they would have to start a process or access support or use an application protocol that would not be on new vectors zero trust list they would be found out as soon as they tried to execute that and blocked with gated blocking. That's a hard stop between those two demarcation points. So it's exacting, it's accurate, it's extremely fast and lightweight, and it's really transparent, which is what most of the agencies are looking for. How do they apply transparent security to container clusters, applications, and containers themselves? to make sure that their operations keep moving without uh, the liability of using kind of old school methodologies to protect the network like scanning. And a question so a I have then is while this is all happening and suppose there is the blockage of something before it gets to that demarcation point that you mentioned, are there alerts? Are there, is there a database or a log of that going on because that can feed back into your security strategy and make sure you keep refining your system. Yeah, there's extensive alerts, reports. Uh, there's automated packet capture, which uh, is valuable if you have a forensics team. There's also automated uh, container quarantine. If something potentially malicious is going on and you want to lock that down and protect the rest of your infrastructure, you can do that in an automated fashion. Lots of different tools to automate the functionality of securing this ephemeral environment that you wouldn't have uh, available with just straight Kubernetes or even an orchestration platform like Rancher. And can all of this happen without degrading performance and speed, you know, latency and all of those things? Because it's automating, it's happening, it's while the data flows are going on, while the packet flows are happening, it doesn't slow things down to a halt. That's a that's a great question, Tom. It used to be that you would have to stop an application dead just because of one little anomaly. But with behavioral detection and our enforcement point, we're able to stop a specific application protocol from executing. We're able to stop that one malicious piece of code in an application without destroying the application or tearing down the pod. Um, so we keep operations moving while still protecting the asset, whether it's pod, the cluster, um, 
a container or an application developed by the container. And is it possible to know if a particular executable is like spoofing something that is allowed? And are there ways of, of detecting that behavior that looks like something that is allowed? Well, that's, that's the main purpose of DPAC and inspection. Uh, traditional DNS tunneling attack. DNS is always allowed. <laughs> Unless you have visibility into the packet and can see that tunneling attack embedded in there, you're just going to push it on through to the other side and you're going to have a breach scenario. Uh, with DPAC and inspection in place for containers, purposely built for containers, that will not happen simply because new vector will identify the tunneling attack, the injected attack, the more sophisticated attacks that run at the packet level under the noses of layer three scanners and will block that and keep you protected regardless of the sophistication of the attack type. And are you seeing federal agencies inculcate this approach into their traditional CDM, continuous diagnostics and mitigation, and their continuous monitoring programs, which date back, you know, more than a decade? Yes, absolutely. They, they want um, full lifecycle container security. That includes the, you know, the build scanning, the, um, the registry and image scanning the runtime scanning, but they also want contextual data control at that packet level. They're building it in to make sure that they're not just secure, as the industry has put it, but they're actually protected. They have that armor in place to protect their applications. It's no longer acceptable to be buying or investing in a scanner to be told that you've been breached and that you have to apply a patch. You really need to stop the breach from happening in the first place. And that's what New Vector brings to the market. So it sounds like that as attack vectors change and morph, that really doesn't concern you as much. If you, what you're doing is deep packet inspection and looking at these behaviors, it almost doesn't matter what the vector is. And so that worry that people have about vectors maybe is misplaced in this age. Well, no, I think um, our adversaries are extremely sophisticated. They're much more sophisticated than just looking for an open CVE that hasn't been patched and applying that to gain access to our you know, nation's critical assets. The agency should be migrating to this new type of protection um, and using a tool that is real time and sits in between those container pairs capable of defending them from any attack, no matter what the vector is. Uh, and that is really new vector. We're a hybrid platform. We'll run with any orchestrator, any CICD tool, uh, any cloud service provider, or 100% on-prem in air gap mode. And this is uh, critical to agency operation. That's why folks are taking a closer look at new vector to protect their containerized assets. And you can even use new vector without other components from Rancher, correct? Right. It is a standalone product. You can deploy in five to 15 minutes using a Helm chart or YAML file and be operational in a half an hour and protected. 
All right. Take care of those containers. I want to thank today's guest is Tom Hance, Director of Container Security at Rancher Government Solutions. I'm Tom Temin. You're listening to Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Rancher Government Solutions. Thank you for listening to Federal Insights, securing containerized applications sponsored by Rancher Government Solutions on Federal News Network.